Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another fabulous installment of Matt and Dennis, the Matt and Dennis podcast. My name is Matt Scrano. I'm one of your hosts. I'm joined alongside, as always, by my good friend from the Matt and Dennis Alexandria Studios, Mr. Dennis Vinci. Dennis, good Tuesday evening to you. What's new? How are you? Good Tuesday to you as well, Mateo. Uh, nothing is new. Another week. Another week back complaining about the Giants. Maybe we'll talk about something else. Who knows? But that that's it. I have nothing else. Exciting times for you. MLS playoffs. I have no idea what's going on in the world of that, but uh, it's happening. So It is happening. Um, yeah, I have it on behind me, Orlando City. And I know when Chris kind of sent out into the infamous Giants group chat, like at least you got Orlando City going for it. I think a lot of people interpret that as Chris taking a jab at me. But Chris, or Chris, Nick. I was say, who the hell is Chris? I don't know who Chris. I think it was because I was at work later with my boss. Insult to number one fan. Oh. Sorry, sorry, number one fan, Nick Burns. Long day at yeah. the office. And my boss's name is Chris, and he was just texting me. So that's why I said it. Anywho, uh, number one fan, Nick Burns, uh, I believe is a, a big MLS soccer fan. At least I believe he's told me that in the past. Um, yeah, we're excited uh, here in Central Florida, where uh, we think uh, Orlando has a chance of going farther. Game two. At Nashville tonight, nine o'clock start on the East Coast here, and if they uh, if they can win tonight, uh, they will move on to the next round, which would be that weekend right after Thanksgiving. So exciting, exciting times, and the stadiums look full. So that's cool. That's a good. That's a good sign for for American soccer fans. Um, Dennis, we'll get to American football now. As you said, another great Matt and Dennis episode on the way. Another chance about the uh, New York football giants. Um, am I coming in clear to you on your mic, Dennis? Yeah, why? I'm watching myself here. and You are looking my... a little glitchy, but the voice is coming through. Yeah, that's all that matters. Um, yeah, I don't know why. I haven't really been having any internet issues, but I can see myself moving slowly. Anywho, um, another week, another Giants loss, another um, week of questioning what direction this teams going in where we go to next another another week of almost cynically laughing to each other at the year that we really thought we were going to see some improvements we all said it ad nauseum not necessarily results as far as the the record goes at the end of the year but results that we had improved as a whole offensive line daniel jones defense coaching staff you name it after the season uh that we really did not expect um last year a lot of people saying now that we have more and more proof as the weeks go by this year that that season was more and more a fluke. We'll talk about the grander picture as as we will every week, I'm sure, as the, the season enters really its second half. Um, but then it's just another disappointing loss. Giants lose to the Raiders, which was never really a game at really any point. Um, the Giants defense that has been one of their lone bright spots um, gets whooped uh, by uh, a rookie quarterback. Um, and the Vegas offense, uh, a team led, obviously, by Antonio Pierce, former giant great. Uh, it just was never a game. And I think the, the really disappointing thing about this one is that with Daniel Jones coming back, with the defense playing as well as it had been, with Andrew Thomas coming back, we really, with with, with a Raiders team that has kind of been in shambles, obviously, losing their head coach, having someone at the helm as head coach who has no head coaching experience and Antonio Pierce, you thought maybe this was when the Giants can kind of get right and steer the ship and try to salvage what's left of the season. Nope. Um, 
was not to be. Just again, um, awful. The defense, lone bright spot. They they look terrible. Um, and the offense, Daniel Jones comes back from an injury, and now he is done for the year, torn ACL, um, gets back up. Apparently tells the coaching staff he's good. He's jogging a bit on the sidelines, goes back in, the knee buckles right underneath him. Um, so Daniel Jones is out. Um, we'll go into that before tonight wraps up, Dennis. I want to just talk about the game specifically to start with. Um, yeah, Giants lose again, a, a game that was never was never a game. Um, so I, I don't know what the team had in mind flying out there to Vegas to just essentially not show up. So it's, again, is it, what it is. You're disappointed, but at this point, um, I feel like this is the closest I'll be to relating to you during the football season where it's like, damn, that sucks. Okay. <laughs> so I'm glad you brought it up, Matt, because that pers- that specific point of what you just said, you're going to be more like me because typical Matt fashion this year has been going into the game, excited to watch, probably not really expecting a win, but wanting to see a competitive game. And when a loss inevitably happens, it's like, okay, well, didn't expect the win, but, you know, didn't expect us to look this bad. You're trying to find that silver lining throughout the year. I slowly but surely lost all hope and just, I mean, the stupid corny scene at the end of Revenge of the Sith. She's lost the will to live. That's me with the Giants. They're dead to me. I said this last week on the podcast. Last week was the nail in the coffin that ended any hope. I'll go in. I'll watch. I will by no means change plans. I didn't even tune in specifically to the game. I watched Red Zone the entire time. Kind of got lucky with only being three afternoon games, so they did actually show quite a bit of the Giants game. There were also a lot of points for at least one of the teams in this Giants game, so Red Zone actually chimed in. We had a huge injury, so they went in looking live many times, so I did see a lot. Uh, But I'm glad you said that you feel like me because you could hear it in your voice that you're broken. You're defeated. This team has grabbed you by the finger, taking you on a nice journey. Come on, Matt. It's another year. Another time to believe. And then they kicked you right in the balls and laughed as you fell to the ground. That's what this team has done to Giants Nation this this season. That's essentially what they have done. And I think it's now taken you, unfortunately, nine weeks to uh, get your ball kicking and see the laughter. Uh, Mine was eight weeks, so not much better, but Nonetheless, it, you know, when I went through, we didn't do two episodes last week. But... Yes, I want to I want to be very clear, though. We're still in disagree- disagreement. I was never like, oh, two and seven, we can still do it. But I'm not saying that. I'm saying you found the optimism. You tried. You're going in. I'm going to root for my team. I will. Sundays yeah. will be about the Giants. This is what and I can hear it in your voice that you could easily now go. Meh. Just like Dennis goes. Yes, I'm talking about myself in the third person. Not to not to the extent of you because I'm still gonna plan my Sunday around the game. One more week. I'm still no the rest of like a 45 three game against Dallas upcoming. Will that do it for you? No, I'll still I'll still watch. I mean the only one the only one that I can see myself really tapping out of would probably be like Christmas Day against the Eagles because of how bad we're gonna get beat. And that it's Christmas and something else will be yeah, going on. Like, something else. 
like I could watch Christmas story that day, eat a bunch of food, drink a bunch of beer and not let it ruin my favorite holiday. Like one of my favorite days of the year. So that's really the only one where I can foresee myself just tapping out completely. Put on a brave face as you watch Santa Claus is coming to town. Put one foot in front of the other. Like that. Uh, Where I was going, I was kind of shocked because we didn't do two episodes last week. And I sent everybody the picks as I have when we don't do the two. Don't worry. I think we're getting a second one this week. At the very least, we will do picks. I miss doing picks we fortunately scheduling so the last two weeks we haven't had pick segment now we wrap in a wedding with all that and whatnot and then last week's scheduling so but we i'm booking it down we will have a pick segment whether it's just picks but or if it's a full episode we will have something this week but i was going through when i was setting out the picks and only two of us took uh the raiders and it was myself and greg castelli and the great Greg Castelli never takes the Giants, so that's not surprising. I was shocked that the peanut gallery was still on board with this football team. Does no one trust Dennis when he puts someone on the Dunzo list? Evidently not. I told you guys what was going to happen. I did say Dennis, two things would be true. What, Matt? What? Coming from coming from the same person that had put a team on the Dunzo list then took the team off of the Dunzo list. Well, I wasn't allowed to take them off, so I kept them Well, I wasn't allowed to take them off, so I kept them on. Good thing I kept them on, because your boy had a pretty good week. It's about time. It took nine weeks, but I thought he had a solid week in picks. But I I was just shocked. I, I said this last week when we did the podcast that two things can be true. The Raiders have all this momentum. Vibes are high. Devontae Adams is playing one-on-one with a little Nerf hoop. Sinking shots. Antonio Pierce is kind of like a big rah-rah guy. He can get guys to rally around. The franchise kind of has new life. They're going to go out there. What do they have to lose? What do they have? Just go out there and play your asses off. The Giants at the same point. Daniel Jones is coming back. How much worse can things get? Don't let what happened last week destroy the rest of this season. The defense is still great. You lose a big part in Leonard Williams, but there's still a lot of good pieces. We can salvage this season and look at the schedule ahead with, aside from Dallas, was Las Vegas, Washington, and New England on the schedule. Don't tell me the Giants can't go 3-1 and one in that slate. They very easily could. I didn't. I only half believe that because, again, Dunzo list. But I can Again, they never cease to amaze me <laughs> to see this game. I I mean, even the – I saw some people talking about it, the tush push that they were doing in the first quarter. Is that the safest thing to do with Daniel Jones, who's coming back early off of a neck injury? I can see that, okay, our quarterback's healthy. This is a play that is working across the league. Let's do it. Let's execute it. But I don't know if I'm putting my quarterback in, in harm's way right off a neck injury where he literally has to throw his neck in between 300 pound men. I don't necessarily like that call from Brian Dable or whoever is making the play calls at this point. Uh, The defense looked fine. They looked whatever. They almost, they almost looked like at times that they didn't give a shit. Yeah. And the offense, 
Yeah, I 100 percent. I 100% agree. The offense, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what to make of this. Is not. I mean, Max Crosby is an elite defender. He's obviously on the short list for Defensive Player of the Year this year. But we're not talking about a great defense here, and they couldn't muster anything again. And to watch a team go into the half for a third time this year with zero points is baffling to me. Absolutely baffling. Especially when two of those teams are the Arizona Cardinals who have one win and the Vegas Raiders who now I think have four. Three or four. I think they have I think they have I think they were three and four coming or three and five in this week. Uh I don't know, Matt. I, I said it last week. Dead to me, Dunzo list. I don't know. I I guess maybe it makes things easier. You just look at the future. They only will what? Oh, Daniel Jones, which I'm sure we'll get into. 35, 40 million or something like that after the uh, 2024 season. So you keep in mind, you cut your losses. You attempt to find your next quarterback. It's going to be a guy Dable and Shane want. You sell off maybe some high-value assets. Maybe you try to acquire some trades. We'll get to really see what Joe Shane is made of and his staff. And you, I th- someone said it in the group chat. It might have been our number one fan, Nick Burns, that or maybe it was somebody said it, that the Giants are in a rebuild. And last year was an anomaly. It was it was number one fan Nick Burns, I believe. Yeah. So like let's not forget that we all came into last year knowing it was a rebuild. And vibes were super high super quickly. But the they went to the playoffs. They won a playoff game. So like to for a team entering a rebuild, they can't get much higher than that. You know right. what I mean? I think you go you out on the road to the to the divisional round and lose to the number one seed. Now you get absolutely pummeled in that game, but they're the team that many people pegged as Super Bowl champions. And they got to the Super Bowl and they were seconds away from winning that Super Bowl. Which is what I always said, why I wanted everyone to temper expectations going into that game. So and again, you know, we were obviously on cloud nine and but to come into this year to have the expectation that will be worse because the schedule is not setting up for success, but you have to see a team with some fight. Matt, if we had this team perform the way they performed last year, none of us would probably be shocked. It would just be like, all right, this is going to be a rough couple of years, but let's give it time. But it didn't. They should be better. Yes. And there, there are little positive nuggets to take out of this season. They're all pretty much on the defense. But I so guess I, one, one, one quick positive, because I did see some film on Twitter. Uh, I forget who. I think it might have been Talking Giants that tweeted it. And then I went to Pro Football Focus. Andrew Thomas looked really good in his return at left tackle. Maybe not for the entire game. And I guess most of the time, Max Crosby's lining up on the other side. So he doesn't necessarily have to deal with him. But there were a couple of drives where he looked very good. So small little nugget positives. Yeah, Dennis, going back to one point you made, um, 
it's funny how like this team that has not been proven to be successful at a play such as the tush push throws in a tush push and the first game back doing the same play that had injured Daniel Jones. Well, not necessarily. No, did not injure Daniel Jones. Injured their center. And who else got injured when they did, attempted that touch push? Didn't Bellinger get hurt, but he came back? Might have been Bellinger. But, uh, but yeah, a guy coming back from a neck injury and they're attempting a touch push. Uh, yeah, no, it, it, it's, again, it kind of stinks because I mentioned on the last show, this is kind of that point now where it's like how much time do we spend recapping the game itself and how much time do we spend just – it's only no, the beginning of November. So we have until a week into January – to talk about where this team goes in the future. And that's a sign of a bad team, unfortunately. And and it's not uncharted territory by by any means for this Giants team. I think I forget who what radio show was, but someone made the comment like, you know, sure the Giants had that season last year, but the Giants over the last decade, aside from one freak Bet McAdoo year, and last year the Giants have been terrible. Like since they won that last Super Bowl. And so it's it's interesting to think about it from from that perspective, because here's the thing, too. We get into this argument and it happens every single year. And the same people are on every single side in the infamous Giants group chat never changes. But then we have that. It's like, well, what's the point of of winning this game? Because it's going to hurt our draft chances. And then I always say, well, I'm not I didn't wait all offseason just to root for my team to lose and blah, blah, blah. The games, the games mean nothing. Here's the good thing for me and everyone that disagrees with me. And then from this giants group chat, it's not going to make a difference what you think or what I think, because I don't see how this team wins more than two games at most the remainder of the season. So if that comes true and the giants win two games at most, which is what I'm predicting you got a game against Washington again. You got a game against the Patriots. You got a game against the Rams. Again, you got another game, uh, the last game of the year against the Eagles, which I'm not anticipating a win there, but maybe the Eagles bench their entire team because they got nothing to play for. Who knows? But I, I think there are a couple winnable games in there, even with God knows who the backup will be. Um, but say even the Giants win two more games, they finish the season with four wins that should be enough for a top five pick. So even if it's not Caleb Williams, you have a shot at May, you have a shot at Penix. Daniel Jones could have a fantastic rehab process and the Giants can draft Harrison and have Daniel Jones as their starting quarterback again next year because they don't want to eat that money. It's not very likely. As a ardent Daniel Jones supporter, that's not very likely. I am ready to look towards the future. But that is a, an option, a direction that the Giants can go. And obviously, we're going to talk, have this conversation week in, week out. Um, pretty much, you could start it last week on this show. Um, and that's going to go through the end of April. And that's going to be the conversation on this podcast. Maybe we take a sometime in February, March to get quote-unquote excited for Yankees baseball. I want to touch on that before we wrap up tonight. Maybe we can get excited about that, and then we stop talking football for a little bit until it's like a few weeks out of the draft, then we get back into it, but we're going to be having this conversation. Um, and, and we can just shift towards it right now since we're going to do another episode later in the week and talk picks and talk predictions on our next game against Dallas, which I that's going to be a – may as well be a comedy podcast at that point. 
Um, I, I, I don't think Giants or Dennis of the Giants get Caleb Williams because I don't think they're going to have a worse pick than the Carolina Panthers. I really don't. And the Carolina Panthers pick goes to the Chicago Bears who can take Harrison and Caleb Williams if their heart desires. Because I maybe they stick with Justin Fields. I don't think so. So you'd figure Caleb Williams is gone with that Carolina pick. I'm assuming with a healthy Kyler Murray back, that Arizona's at least going to knock off a couple wins. I don't have their schedule right in front of me, but it could very well could be easier than the Giants. Maybe get three wins. The Giants get ahead of them. Who knows? To be fair, even if they get, or I guess if they get three wins, they have four. The Giants hold that tiebreaker over them. So, like, you're talking if the Giants finish the year with four wins, Arizona finishes with four. Arizona still picking in front of them, right? So, so I'm in I'm in total agreement with you. I don't think the Giants would have see, to be trading up. up. I see Giants fans blowing up Twitter with pictures with photoshops of Caleb Williams and Giants jerseys, and I'm like, if Caleb Williams is there, you have my my stamp of approval, my seal of approval. But I I just don't think he's gonna be there. I don't think he will be either. The Giants would have to trade up. They'd have to trade up for the number one overall pick to secure him unless like something crazy were to happen where I don't believe Carolina would give up on Bryce Young. I, I think that team is an absolute dumpster fire. And I, I don't put all of the blame on how bad they look on Bryce Young. Does that sound good coming off of a game and just threw three interceptions? No, but he's a rookie quarterback. Shit happens. It's unfortunate that the guy that got drafted right behind him is C.J. Stroud seems to be in a much better position and is absolutely slinging it all over the field. Bryce Young does not have the weapons. that he, They're not great weapons, but they're still better than what Carolina has. And they have rebuilt. They have some pieces on defense. They probably have a better, more vibrant, youthful coaching staff. So I, I'm not blaming Bryce Young. So I don't know if they move. But again, could be wrong. We've seen this happen before. Guys just get tossed around. And Josh Rosen was drafted and gone in a year. They took, uh, or no, someone traded, Arizona traded for him, then they drafted Kyler Murray. Or, or yeah, I think it was Kyler Murray, and they traded for Rosen. So who knows? Um, but yeah, I, I don't think he's there. I think you'd have to trade up. But it's going to be very interesting, and it, it'll, again, I put that text out into our infamous group chat. Hello, Mrs. Scarano. Welcome home from your day of work. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, um, the picks and crap like that. Two scenarios are gonna play out. Do Does Shane want to stick with Daniel Jones? Do they believe he's their guy? Because it's not like he's 32, 33 years old, he's still got easily, if healthy, a decade plus in this league and is at least a serviceable starting quarterback. He has not done very well at all but again we are biased and we have defended him and it's getting harder and harder to do so but we're not seeing our backups go out there and light things up so it's not like you know i'm not saying that they're as equally as talented as daniel jones but a serviceable veteran quarterback didn't look as good and god help that rookie tommy devito because he looks like a chicken with his head cut off running back there so do they not want to eat the money. As you said, they made this investment. They made the decision. This is our guy. And we go after, would it be a Marvin Harrison? Would it be 
someone out. There's Joe Alt from Notre Dame is a left tackle coming out. There's another big left tackle, and I can't think of his name right now. So do they go more offensive line? There will be defensive guys that are coming out. There will not just be Marvin Harrison. Depending on where they are sitting, they could go anywhere and get a wide receiver. I So it'll it'll be interesting to see what they do. I, I don't believe that they would trade up and lose so much capital to go get Caleb Williams because I think they want to build with what they have, and they would rather acquire draft picks as opposed to sell the farm because let's be honest it doesn't always work so many teams will sell the farm and it doesn't always work and then you watch guys that get drafted 10 pit look at mitch trubisky in chicago in that situation patrick mahomes and deshaun watson were taken 10 picks later and they traded up for mitch trubisky who played 14 games for north carolina let me Watch let me three it doesn't always work well so so this is the question that and this is another one that i've seen radio talking heads and just football Twitter GMs, as I call them um, going back and forth about, and they're like, they're like, so giants fans that just hated Daniel Jones before a single snap was played this year. And they're already like back in August, putting pictures up of Caleb Williams in a giants Jersey before Caleb Williams played a snap this year. And they're all like the rebuttal to like, you could call them Daniel Jones defenders is obviously the most elite, talented NFL quarterback would not have success generally with the offensive line, with the health of his team, the the time Daniel Jones has been here, with the, the turnover of the coaching staff, yada, yada, so on and so forth. And then the, the debate that I've seen now is Giants fans humoring, say, the Caleb Williams fans and the fans that are out on Daniel Jones and say – Okay, Giants fans, let's move forward. Let's do that. Let's go draft May or Williams just so we can put them behind this offensive line that more than likely will still be average at best next year and ruin their season too. And then obviously the rebuttal from that is, well, an elite NFL quarterback can create the opportunities himself without a good offensive line. An elite NFL quarterback or an elite uh, incoming rookie will be able to elevate the team around him. And I'm not saying that that's not true. But I'm just saying with the New York Giants and some other NFL teams of recent years, they're historically terrible offensive lines when just at their healthiest, they're not good. And then the injury bug just runs through the locker room. So now you have a depleted team that at its healthiest wasn't good to begin with. So that's a debate I've seen a lot with because Dennis Am I ready to, to draft a quarterback and move on from Daniel Jones? If the Giants decide to do that at the end of the year, I'm on board. I support it. I, I do support it. And, and that'll probably make a lot of people be like, holy crap. But I'm not ready to sell the farm to go get another quarterback if the Giants rattle off a couple more wins. I'm not ready to do that. And I really think at the end of the day, Daniel Jones was not given a fair shake. It's not necessarily someone's fault. It's that's the way it panned out. It was unlucky, as we have seen over the years. You know, expansion, expansion teams, and they brought in quarterbacks. Uh, David Carr going back, how good he was supposed to be, going on to a team that just sucked, couldn't protect them, no offensive weapons. Talk about a guy who talk about a guy who just got signed by a team today. Carson Wentz was a top two overall pick. He was supposed to win the MVP, got hurt. Team went to the Super Bowl. Big Dick Nick Foles replaces him, and they beat the Patriots, and he becomes a legend. Carson Wentz becomes a trash bag, 
And that was just yeah. shipped around to many different teams. Oh, but my point, my, my point being how many guys come into the NFL expected to be studs. They get paid like studs. And then just for whatever reason, either they can't stay healthy or the team's not built around them. And then the season just never takes off. And Daniel Jones looking more than likely, assuming the Giants don't win out, will most likely become some journeyman backup in the NFL. Because the other thing is, no team, at least next year, is going to want to give the Giants a lot or going to want to pay a lot. Any quarterback, Daniel Jones or Joe Schmo, coming off of an ACL injury. So he'll have to be some journeyman back if the Giants draft quarterback this year. Might well, be back for the New York Giants. And look, I, if that's the if that's like, let's say that's best case scenario for everybody. Giants move on. They find a guy that the Dable and Shane regime want. This is who we're going to build around. He's a couple of years younger. That's the other thing to remember, too. A lot of these guys aren't that young because they're in their fifth or even sixth college football season. They're entering their mid-20s as opposed to being 22. So that's one thing to remember as well. But let's say Jones goes off. Look at Kirk Cousins. Do you think Washington kicks themselves every day that they didn't keep the guy that they drafted to back up the guy that they traded a dozen picks away for? They trade all these picks away for RG3. He Now, again, these injuries, it's, it's circumstance, it is what it is. But you had a guy, and he was successful. But they weren't ready to build around him. They didn't have the pieces. So we have to let you go. Kirk Cousins isn't great, but he's serviceable. Look what he's able to do when he's got a ton of stud weapons around him. Daniel Jones walks into a situation like that somewhere in this league, which you know could happen. You're going to tell me a healthy Daniel Jones may be playing in Vegas where there are no expectations. Devontae Adams is there. He's handing the ball off to Josh Jacobs. Why isn't Daniel Jones exactly what he was last year? You know? Yeah. No, so that's I, why. I think, you make, I think you make a very good point there. That's that's why I've always just been hesitant at the Daniel Jones hate. I think the reason why I'm ready to move on is because he just can't stay healthy. And that's part of it. And it's just not working. The situation's not working. And I don't, it's not his fault. I don't think it's the Giants' fault. Like, I don't think anyone that says ride it out with Daniel Jones or up on Daniel Jones is wrong. I don't really think there's anyone wrong in this situation. I think everyone's just generally frustrated. But the the matter of the fact is whether it's his fault or it's not his fault, it has not worked because he's not been on the field. And when he's been on the field, the timing is right to the team's not around him. And there's there's things that fall on him too. The the argument that it's if if you're gonna become an elite, potentially Super Bowl winning quarterback in this league, to some level, you need to put the shit on your shoulders. And elevate the guys around you. And he he really has not. Granted, you go to the locker room, there's no one saying a single bad thing about him. And his teammates are crushed about the injury. So I, I do think he's a leader, although we've mentioned many times we don't necessarily see it on our, our couches watching it on TV. Um, but just but as much as I am a Daniel Jones fan and want him to succeed and would welcome him back if it, it, if he's back as the quarterback next year, I would. Um, because again, I trust Joe Shane and and Brian Dable as much as Brian Dable's agitated me this year. It just has not it just has not worked out. So if the Giants go and they decide that drafting a quarterback, assuming they are up there high enough in the the, the pick uh, order, I I cannot I can't say it's a bad idea. I, I can't disagree with that with that mindset and and that thought process. So that's it, Again, look, it's, it's frustrating. I, 
in this show that we're going to be now talking about this and it's only November. I was hoping at least we'd get to December before this, these conversations started controlling the podcast and the, the infamous giants group chat, but, but here we are. Yeah. Well, it's the, the worst part about it, about it. You've mentioned it. We've been here before. We've had these exact conversations on this podcast. We've had these exact conversations about these exact guys on this podcast. We will have a yet another Matt and Dennis Christmas episode from the basement of Matt Scarano with the great Dom Scarano and little Dom Scarano and ask the same question. If Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones will be in Giants uniforms next year. We asked those questions two years ago. We thought last year removed us from that. But this is going to be a big offseason and they're going to have to make the right call because I, I firmly believe that the Giants could enter in quarterback limbo accidentally and become one of these teams like we've seen what happened with Chicago. Carolina's been there. Houston's been there. Name a team that's drafted a Cincinnati kind of before Burrow. The Bills were there. Name a team before they got their stud quarterback for years. Minnesota, I think, kind of still is. They're hanging out with Kirk Cousins. Who knows? Josh Dobbs, savior. Maybe he, maybe the Giants just go and get him. Just give him all the money because apparently he can do God godly things. Josh Dobbs, just unbelievable. What he did. Doesn't even know the playbook. Dude rolls in there. And just wins a football game. Uh, besides the point. If Giants go quarterback, nothing even says that guy's got to start next year. Draft a guy. If it's not Caleb Williams, Drake May, Michael Penix, Bo Nix, go down the list. Those are just the top. Go down the list. It's a deep, deep class this year. Nobody says that guy has to come in and be the guy day one. You're our guy. Daniel Jones has been in the league. He's done everything that's asked of him. He's handled himself, I think correctly the entire time being in the league we've talked about it. it's one of the major reasons why the giants organization wanted him because they were getting eli manning 2.0 so learn from him learn things that learn how to handle the spotlight of new york and the nfl and how it had to handle yourself as a professional even though most of these guys out of college are already doing this so they kind of come out already ready none of them are the 22 year olds of 2005 where it's being like 20 million dollars Going to the strip club doesn't really happen as much anymore. Not saying it doesn't, but it doesn't happen as much. So you go out, you draft a quarterback. He learns under Daniel Jones for a year. The Giants continue that rebuild process. They're probably a middle-of-the-road team. If they're lucky, if they stay healthy, you see some improvement. Maybe they're a six-win team. Maybe they're maybe they're a seven-win team, but probably not. And you find someone that you can add in the first round. You find pieces later in the draft to build. You acquire some guys via trade. And you just start the rebuild, and in t- going into the 2025 season, here's our quarterback. And hopefully we have some weapons around him, because let's be honest, <laughs> we go into next year, and we have some stud quarterback that's coming out of college football. Who the hell is he giving the ball to? Is there anyone in this offense that you trust to throw the ball to? Because, mind you here, we're talking about who would be there in the top five. Outside of Drake May, who really has no weapons, and that's why people aren't talking about him much right now because he's not doing much because Carolina doesn't really have anything offensively. Both Washington and Oregon, their quarterbacks are in like their sixth year. They both have Bolitnikoff uh, candidates, which is the top receiver. What Hell, Washington's got two of them. Their running backs are averaging 20 yards a carry. They're on prolific offenses, great teams. So they're not exactly going to come in and probably look the exact same. They're also playing behind Really good offensive lines. Giants don't have one of those either. So, I don't know. 
it's exciting because these guys have a little more cachet, you know, a little more experience at the collegiate level as opposed to what Daniel Jones had coming out. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, there'll be interesting headlines too. And I mean, this goes back to a conversation from a few years, a few years ago when Shane was brought on, Brian Dable was brought on, how excited Giants fans were to have a new head coach and a new GM brought in together, two guys very familiar with each other. Then the next question was, well, how much do we keep from the Gettleman era? Daniel Jones, obviously, from the Gettleman era. Do they keep him or do they say, we inherited you, but you're not our guy. You don't really mean jack to us. They're going to have a good chance. What a lot of places, what a lot of uh, sports shows said uh, yesterday morning and this morning, and it's they're not saying it cynically, but they're saying maybe this injury, obviously no one's rooting for an injury, but maybe this Jones ACL tear is a blessing in disguise because now his health made the decision extremely easy for you. You don't have to worry about having four or five wins at the end of the year and a healthy Daniel Jones that just hasn't performed the way you thought. Now you got to decide to eat the money anyways, or do you still go draft a quarterback when you got a healthy guy in your locker room? Now that kind of takes a lot of that pressure away from that, that thought or that deciding uh, or that process that's going to come up. Um, Well, and it's the same too, that like what, again, I don't read into contracts and whatnot, but all of a sudden you, you hear all the talking heads going, well, isn't it pretty interesting how the Giants drew up this contract where now all the pieces are starting to fall into place? As you mentioned, Daniel Jones not really performing. He seems to be regressing from last year. Now the injury. Well, he's only really on the books till the end of 2024. So do we ship him off and we eat that one year? Do we just eat what's left of after we get him through 2024? At the end of the day, when we're talking about franchise quarterback, the one position you need to be successful in this league, I'll eat $30 million every damn day of the year to ship him off. If you don't believe that he is the guy. Yeah. Now, again, it's, it's, and we can move on because, again, we have months, literal months, months. to have this conversation and bring on, bring on some of our friends. Uh, you mentioned, um, which again, my favorite episode of the year, even if we're shitting rainbows or just being really sad, is the Matt and Dennis Christmas episode, which I think you and I were in agreement. It's going to be the fourth annual. I, because I'm I call it fourth annual. Correct me if I'm wrong. If my memory, if my memory serves me correctly, the first annual, you and I were farther into that corner of the basement in North Haven. And then it was the second and third one that we brought that little table closer to where the stairs are and then my brother and and my dad came on the show that sounds right but i haven't maybe it wasn't the christmas episode have a memory of my in my head of recording one in your living room and i, I think uh our good no Anzo made an appearance steve salvo made an appearance yeah i i think that was like a new year's weekend or something i do remember that i don't think that was because the christmas episode's always been the christmas episode because we do it on christmas eve so I don't think they all would have been in my living room, on, even that night before. I, I, That's I what think I mean. that on like a Christmas Eve, Eve, we were all out. We come back to your house. That's why yeah. I was thinking that I couldn't remember. I feel like that was like New Year's or something. Because I do remember the Christmas tree being there. Um, 
But yeah, we'll we'll move on. Plenty of time to talk about that again. Another another Giants loss. Um, all the speculation has now begun. Um, are the Giants so bad that they will get one of these? Uh, be in a prime position to draft one of these uh, very highly highly rated quarterbacks. And one of the correct me if I'm wrong, Dennis, college football guru of the podcast, one of the highest sought after QB draft classes in a hot second. It's just that it's so deep. Right. Like, um, and I mean, JJ McCarthy, his name from Michigan being floated around too. If the Giants aren't necessarily able to get okay. a top three, four, that's one of those you hit a five, you get a six, maybe McCarthy. Look, that's at least there's a guy, that, there's a ton. Go back and look at the preseason Heisman. One of the guys that I love who no one's saying maybe he finds his way in the first round, but Jordan Travis out of Florida State is the complete package. So that's another guy that, and when I'm talking run, throw, arm, accuracy. The dude's been through it, adverse, like adverse. I mean, most of these guys have Penix, Knicks. They're not on the teams that they got recruited by and played for. Run out of different towns. Bo Nix, his father played quarterback at Auburn. He is a legacy. And yet that fan base tore him down and booed him out of the state of Alabama. He had to go all the way across to the country to play quarterback for Washington. But worked out. They go and get Georgia's defensive coordinator, Dan Lanning. He rebuilds making Oregon look like an SEC team out West, which is unheard of. So shout out. Also, he's got a great name, Bo Nix. Come on. That is cool a name. Name. It is, it is no Dakotas Crawford, but that is, uh, yeah. Did you know that? I think I sent this to the group chat that Dakotas Crawford is like a spokesperson for an air conditioning and heating company. Yeah. In Nebraska. That's fantastic. Anytime I say I, I hate sports, Something like that happens and makes me love sports again. Um, all right, Dennis. Um, again, plenty of time to talk about this. Um, really bummed that we have to talk about it this early in the season. But, yeah, we'll bring on our friends to talk more as uh, the season progresses and as we talk about the draft and will they, won't they, and, and all those questions and hopefully maybe another live. I mean, we might be able to do another live draft show if you're not working because – the Giants will be back to picking within the first 20 minutes of the draft as we were so accustomed to when we did the Matt and Dennis live draft show. Um, Dennis, we'll move on. Um, I don't know if you want to talk college football, but college basketball is back, and I'm so happy because this is when I really How, feel how's like... Lauren, had, how's Lauren doing? Tough times for these Spartan fans. Tough times in Spartyville. You know, I don't even think she knows. Let me find out. I don't. Even, Lauren, what do you think about Michigan State? Uh, she might know, actually. <laughs> I went to bed. I was like, there's no way they actually end up losing this, right? And I woke up and I was like, oh, wow, they lost that to James Madison. But this that, that's the beauty of, of and I'm, I follow one of my favorite Twitter accounts, especially this time of year, is the Sickos Committee. Yeah. Because they're watching, they're watching games of colleges I didn't even know existed. And their scores are like 130 to 6. And I just love college. My beloved Temple Owls, the men and women both had great opening uh, opening nights. I'm so excited. Michigan State, obviously, fourth team in the country, loses to James Madison. This is when I get the most bang for my buck on my ESPN Plus app that I pay for year round. It's college basketball because you turn on a Saturday, Dennis. The games are starting at 11 a.m. They're going right through like two o'clock in the morning. It's fantastic, and obviously, I got to root hard for my my alma mater, the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. I've uh, been a fan my whole life. Um, Dennis, football and the college football playoffs are out. I give the mic to you if you want to to dive in deep or also 
the Yukon Huskies men's and women's team expected to to do well once again. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll give you the mic if there's any hard hitting. And my Temple Owls won in football too. That that never happens. They all won in one weekend. They, they beat, I mean, Navy they not the greatest win, but hey, it's a win. There was a, a gentleman that came into work on Saturday during the Temple game, an older retired gentleman wearing a Navy hat, uh, like a na- retired Navy. I was like, how dare you wear that in here? Did you give him the I'm business? Yeah. <laughs> Cherry in the so white, you, old man. You want to take this out back? <laughs> uh, God, that is a uh, – I don't have what, – what, what, Football college basketball highlights for you. I don't really have much to say. I guess it – pertaining news wise we're recording this the night that the college football playoff rankings come out nothing's changed in the top six not really surprising ohio state georgia michigan florida state washington oregon uh on the outside looking in it's just a great time november's the best like if you it's unfortunate like that some people just think that they need to be invested and be one of these alumni or uh, you know a diehard fan of the school but when November rolls around, I mean, if you weren't if you weren't doing anything around the 12 o'clock hour for college football this past Saturday, I mean, if you weren't entertained, motto, Notre Dame, Clemson, back and forth, Clemson finds a way to win. Ole Miss AM, back and forth, Ole Miss finds a way to win. The Texas Kansas State game, Texas is killing them. They're up 20 to 7 or whatever it is. Kansas State comes back and scores 17 points in nine minutes. Nine minutes, like real-world minutes, because they scored a touchdown, they got back-to-back turnovers and scored on, like, one play. Then they go into overtime. Kansas State has a chance to win win the game. He misses, like, a 30-yard field goal. Then he makes a 52-yard field goal, because why not? And then Kansas State, fourth and goal, rather than kicking a potential game-tying field goal and continuing overtime, they go for it. Texas stops him at the one. They survive. So Texas still with the just one lone loss on their schedule. They're still alive. There's just, you know, it was incredible. USC, Washington. If you weren't entertained, if you watched that game, track me over under with 60, 76 and a half hammered it. It hit 80 something combined points with those two teams. It was awesome. So, and the month of November keeps rolling on. We got this week. Georgia Ole Miss is going to be great. I think Georgia will probably still find a way to win. Florida and tennis, or uh, Florida and LSU, both kind of on the outside looking in now. But it's one of the most beloved and bitter rivalries that the sport has. So you know it's going to be a dogfight. Um, there's one more huge game. Oh, Michigan, Penn State. Can the Kitty Cats upset the uh, sign stealing Wolverines? And I don't know. Who knows? Get one loss in the Big Ten. Get you know a little shakeup. Well, Penn State's only got one loss. They haven't been looking really good. They looked good last week. They didn't look good two weeks ago. They looked good last week though. All of a sudden, them and Michigan both have a loss. Ohio State doesn't have a loss. Michigan and Ohio State got to play each other in two weeks. Every week in the month of November, tensions are high. Your sphincter just tightens up, and it's fantastic. I love every minute of it. I think I saw this quote: the Dan Big Cat. I don't know what Big Cat's last name is. Whatever. The dude from Barstool, you know what I'm talking about? I think it's Cats. Is it Cats? Thing. That sounds right. For some reason I can't think of his last name. I'm Either not, way. I'm not a big big Barstool guy. Like I just don't like the whole like bro persona that they run with. But that having been said, I've always been a big fan of his. I love Big Cat. I think he yeah, he through that mold just a little. But if you ever if you're ever bored 
you're ever taking a you're sitting on the toilet taking a poop that's longer than expected or you're in bed getting ready to call it a night but you still got some time to kill look up his youtube video when he was still like headquartered for barstool in chicago and he goes to the mac championship game at ford field in detroit and he's just like drunk in detroit walking around downtown interviewing people about the mac championship it's it's very enjoyable okay i think based on the humor that you and i have in common i think you would appreciate it i'll have to check it out i mean i really only watch their sports advisors which they do every friday which big cat hosts and then the great Stu finer who is just a maniac i don't know how that guy doesn't have a heart attack every day with the amount of times he screams but Big Cat was on a podcast and somebody asked him about, because he's, you know, degenerate gambler, just like they all are and just like all of we are. We just don't have the same means that they do. And then someone asked him his feelings on college football and he goes, I love it. I want to have sex with it. And that was it. And I'm like, if that's not one of the greatest quotes ever, you know, the guy gets it. So tune in Saturdays, folks. Tune in tonight. Matchin. Tonight. Happening right now. There's like three games tonight. I remember, and I did not, I don't even think this hashtag was a thing at this point. I could be wrong, but when I started at Temple, when I was a freshman, and Temple was in the MAC conference, and I was like, why the heck are we having games on Tuesdays? I got an 8 a.m. tomorrow. I want to turn up for our game against Eastern Michigan, Western Michigan. And I was like, why why are we having games right now? And I didn't realize that, like, MACTION was this big thing. I wish I appreciated it. It was like the... It was my freshman sophomore year. We were in the MAC, and then we joined the Big East. Then we were in the American. Um, but I'd always be like, "Why the heck we have a Tuesday game?" Well, it's also awesome too because for some reason, some more than half of these teams play in some of the coldest parts of our country. None of them play in domes, so you get games like last week at Toledo, where it's a goddamn blizzard out, and you can't even see the field. It's awesome. Oh, I, that one and um. Who was the other one that was snowing? It was Toledo, and then uh, Central Michigan was playing. Uh, where were they were playing? I didn't see the Central Michigan one. Yeah, but both both games, I think one started a half hour after the other, and there was like a lot of snow, and I was like, oh man, those are the few times like I don't really miss much about about Michigan because the weather was terrible. But like I, I had gone to like a Michigan State game where it was snowing, I was like, all right, this is cool. Like I, I like this. I don't like. Yeah. This at 7 a.m. when I'm going to work in the morning and I got to heat up my car and defrost my windshield. But when it's Friday, Saturday night, and you're just drinking and going to college football and it's snowing outside, it's a night game, that's fun. Like that I'm all about. As someone that that I literally live in the place I live, 80% of the reason is because I hate cold weather. And that was awesome. Um, Dennis, let me ask you, if you're done with college football, going into college basketball, obviously – we're going to play a lot of garbage games like, uh, you know, your, your big names out there are going to play the local art schools in their community before they get into conference games, before they get into kind of those Thanksgiving tournaments where top 10 teams are playing each other really early on. Yeah, right now it's right now it's like UConn versus like Central Connecticut and, and all these. Yeah, Temple's playing Maryland Eastern Shore. They lost to last year, but beat last night. That was good. That was not revenge. But is there anything like a Dennis way too early college basketball prediction that you think one school is getting way too many accolades than they should get or one school that is not getting nearly enough? Mm. I don't know. That's a loaded question. It just popped into my head. 
I will say, because I was looking at, uh, and again, this is going to go into a whole thing. And if some particular person listens to this podcast, I mean, they might go right from six to midnight. Uh, but I was looking at like the national title odds and obviously everyone's kind of close. Kansas is number one at like a maybe a thousand or eleven hundred and Purdue's right behind them. I think Kansas is going to look fine, but to start, but I think when we get into January and February, Kansas is going to look like an elite. No one's beating this basketball team, especially with the addition of Hunter Dickerson from Michigan. And then Zach Eadie's back for Purdue. So it's like impossible to defend him. But at the same time, this is a Purdue team that lost in the first round last year. So do you buy stock in them? I When I was looking at the list and just doing the little degenerate gambling that I do and looking at futures bets and stuff, and it's kind of weird to put in a futures bet, especially this early. I wouldn't throw any coin in until we get past like well into January. I don't fully invest until after the national title game in college football. But Creighton in the Big East, they're returning so much of their production. And I think from them, I'm hoping that the Big East finally gets the respect it it has been due over the last couple of years. Partially because UConn is, quote-unquote, back. And I think they're going to be good, but they lost a lot of pieces, particularly like even in the NBA draft. But down that list of teams... I think the Big East is going to challenge the Big 12, and I'm not going to sleep on the Pac-12 either because I think the the Pac-12 has – even USC beat Kansas State last night. The top of the Pac-12 I think is going to be really good, but the Big 12, just because they're adding Houston and they're adding Houston, BYU, Cincinnati, but Cincinnati's not great. There was one more. Oh, UCF, but eh. So already a deep – and loaded conference, and now you're going to throw Houston and BYU. We're always some t- Houston's always a top team. BYU's always a great team. But I think the Big East, outside of Georgetown, who's rebuilding, but again, it's Ed Cooley, so who the hell knows? Slick Rick Pitino, completely rebuilt St. John's. Could we be looking at a team that might have a positive win-loss ratio? It's very possible. Very possible. You kind of think it's going to be very good. I think Creighton might be the best team in that league. Marquette's going to – they're, like, loaded back up. Nova, not really sold on them. I don't know what Kyle Neptune's doing, but, you know. I, I And then uh, there's, a, there's a lot of young coaches, too. The Providence has got a new coach. I don't know his name. He used to play in the NBA. But, yeah, I, I think Creighton, one team, that would be like, okay, look at all these pieces that are back. Probably not going to get a lot of love. They're probably going to have stretches where it's like, ooh, Creighton top 10 team and then they falter because the big east is so deep this year i think i think they're incredibly deep and i hope that they finally get the respect that they deserve part of the problem is is that all their games are on fox and espn just cares and carries and talks about the leagues that they showcase which of course is the big 12 little big 10 but mostly the sec and the pac-12 yeah um Kind of want to switch gears just a little bit and kind of. Oh, get... uh, one more team. If there was one team, I would say absolutely don't buy stock in. Like bet the under on their win loss total. Maryland Terrapins, they stink. I see what you're doing, and I like it. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um... I, I don't even know if they're gonna be good. They suck. You're great, though. It's never changed. 
Um, no kitty cats. Room for those two, kitty cats. Two more things before we wrap up tonight, and I go downtown Orlando and for the away game viewing party. I get one free drink. It could be a beer or a cocktail. Um, I just want to give a celebratory moment on the podcast for myself that uh, it has been announced today. It is all on local news here in Central Florida and the entire state of Florida that online sports betting will be legal live at midnight at 12.01 a.m. on December 4th. So you can already download the app. The only tricky thing is because it's the Seminole Hard Rock, uh, blah, 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 the Indian Reservation. And uh, so it's only now, and I can even show it to you on the screen here. Listeners won't be able to hear it. But it is the Hard Rock Bet app. It's like the Hard Rock Casino. You can see it right there. That is going to be the only app, or at least for the time being, as Florida kind of figures it out, that will be legally able. But it looks like any FanDuel or DraftKings, you know, you go down there, you got your – there's your college basketball spreads and parlays and yada, yada, yada. So, so far from what I've seen, I haven't dip, dove, like, a whole lot into it just yet. But, like, all the different games, you know, you got your degenerative stuff on there. You got your big sports. Um, the interface seems – like fairly easy to use. I've always been a DraftKings guy for one reason and one reason only. I just always thought the interface was a hundred times easier than FanDuel. A lot of people disagree with me on that. I've downloaded FanDuel. I didn't knock it before I tried it. I've tried it multiple times. DraftKings is my favorite. So far, this Hard Rock uh, bet app, it's going to go live. I mean, it's live right now. I have it obviously downloaded. I just, I could deposit money. I just can't make any bets in the state of Florida until December 4th. Um, but the interface so far down it seems pretty easy to use, which is at the same time amazing and also absolutely terrifying. Um, so we're back, baby. Um, you thought I was into the Hawaii midnight games then. You just wait because um, we back. Um, yeah, really excited about it. One of my favorite episodes we've done recently, I think was about a month or two ago, where you and I really dove into what online sports betting would mean, specifically what it's meant for the Northeast specifically what it would mean for the state of Florida if and when it got here and kind of what we thought would happen in the entire country of the United States of America federally, not if, but when. Um, I don't know if you have anything else to add to that, but just again, of all the crazy stuff that is allowed here in the state of Florida, um, the fact that we don't have online sports betting when you have uh, two NHL teams, uh, two NBA teams, three NFL teams, and Florida is one of depending on what year, one of the best college football states in the country, if not the best, <laughs> uh, when the time's right. How there's not legal online sports betting yet has been mind-boggling. Um, but that question is answered in less than a month. So I'm excited about that. My bank account is not. I'm happy for you. Cool. It's, it sucks that it's coming kind of towards the end of the NFL season, but you're going to have a couple of weeks left. It's going to ramp up as college basketball ramps up postseason for college football, bowl season, obviously. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. And I mean, again, I think it's just one more step closer to what we were saying a few months ago that it, it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when this becomes legal at a federal level in this country. And because the, the money is just too, just too much, money to be had for these states to not have this and it's the future so i look forward to maybe more 
betting uh, themed episodes um, as our teams continue to suck. Um, there's one last thing I wanted to talk about. Um, and I mentioned this in the group chat, like when uh, he was not name was giving me the business and saying, trying to poke fun at me uh, saying like, well, Matt's just going to say, Oh, I don't want the giants to lose. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, because then what's the next thing we get to look forward to this stupid Yankees team that uh, they can't, they're just, they're just terrible. So I'm not looking forward to that. And as if I wasn't looking forward to it enough, Brian Cashman gives media availability today at five o'clock and just sounds like an absolute buffoon acting as if last year didn't happen. He's talking about, oh, Joey Gallo. That was a great move for us. Look how many teams wanted him. Like he didn't play in the playoffs for the Minnesota Twins. Like, oh, look at look at all these great things we did. Like we're not run solely on analytics. We made it to the playoffs last year, meaning not this past year, the year prior to that. That's something that we're really proud of. Just snapping. Our reporters, Dennis, I don't know if I, I encourage you to go and any of our listeners to log into the Talking Yanks Twitter account. All the video is there. He's just snapping at reporters for asking very legitimate questions about the Yankee shortcomings. And it just goes to show you, they don't care. They, they really don't. And it's funny because there was a, a quote that came out around noon today which I believe is accurate from Hal Steinbrenner that says we didn't accomplish anything uh, this past year. Then five hours later, Cashman's like, oh, we we did everything was great. Everything was awesome. We're really headed in a good direction. We're going to make some key offseason moves. We're, we're great. And I, like, really, you're a clown for, for questioning what this team has accomplished and what I've accomplished as GM in the past couple of years. So, Dennis, I have no excitement for this team next year i look forward to us signing shohei otani or juan soto just so they can be heard a week into the season and we don't see them until july so i, I look forward to that um yeah you just can't get me excited about about this yankees team so and i think you're frozen again i don't know how much of that you heard but we'll just call it a night any thoughts on the steinbrenners and brian cashman no, I have I heard nothing of what you said. I started talking and then I just got booted from the Zoom. Clearly, Yankees are spying on us. They didn't want my hot, steamy takes. And that those takes are that I had no idea he was doing media availability. It sounds weird that he is doing it a month ahead of winter meetings. And also, shut the hell up. Also, Matt, welcome to the dark side where you're not excited about Yankee seasons. It's fun. It's fun over here, I'm telling you. Yeah, no, it's it's just it's just awful. I, I get excited to hear he should not be named. Uh, tell me that I should not panic until August when it's uh, too little too late. But also, to his credit. Well, that's why it's fun. You come over to my side. You don't really invest. You don't care. You still drop money on MLB TV because you don't live in the tri-state area. So you have to do that to watch Yankee games. You tune in here and there. And you just throw your arms up in the air when it's the third inning and the Yankees are already down. It's like, okay. Unless... Your wife has T-Mobile. Then you don't pay for it. Cheat code. I think you're paying somehow for it, but weaved in there somewhere. No, I didn't see it on the bill. Um, <laughs> so, yes. uh, who are the Scaranos in Orlando, Florida? They they have MLB TV for the last decade. They haven't given us a dime. Unless you a zombie. That's a scary movie three, scary movie four reference. 
All right. Again, Dennis, I said it while you were kicked out, but we are on Twitter at Matt Dennis Pod. You'll find this episode. You'll find all episodes from the past if you want to dive back in and hold our words against us, by all means, uh, especially the one where we said that the Giants would have maybe as many as eight wins this year. Uh, definitely go check Remember it out. Remember that episode? That was a fun episode. Like, beginning, beginning of the year, we were just going down the schedule, just like nonchalantly, like, oh, yeah, win, win. That's eh, a toss up. We'll give the win. It's like, oh, what's yep. stupid? Hilarious. Um, also, Dennis, you mentioned a few weeks ago, we got to get on top of this. We want to bring uh, our good friend. We call him the Barry Melrose of Matt and Dennis podcast, Ryan O'Bear, onto the show. We got a few weeks. I think we're seeing which NHL teams are very bad. And I think we're seeing again, especially me and Ryan, the beloved Bruins, looking like they are coming right back and they're mad. Uh, can they make a run? The Vegas Golden Knights, no shocker there. Also, the Bruins and Vegas look like the best teams in the NHL. I really have not paid much attention to Dennis to your um, well, but I'd be Jack Hughes day to day. Fingers crossed that he's going to be okay, and we don't have any sustaining long term injuries here. Because I'll tell you what, he might work his way into being like top five NHL player conversation if he keeps up the pace he's been on this season. The dude's in—he's in fuego. He's all over the ice. It's crazy. It's look—I love it. It's the only thing I got in my life right now. I get the little Boy. notification that the Devils are playing. I pop on the old tube, watch a little hockey. I think you and I are in agreement that we got to get Ryan on the show earlier than we did last year so we can kind of see the, the hockey season through and not just when it's playoff time. So uh, Ryan, Ryan's always great on the show. Like he, as a former hockey player and someone that hockey is like his favorite sport, he brings a really cool perspective to the show. So excited to have him in earlier in the season. As opposed to wait until uh till it's April also going to help because our football team sucks, so we don't need to be invested in that. So like we could plan something around Thanksgiving where maybe people have some f- extra free time, and then maybe do something towards the end of the year, and then we come back at the All Star break, and then we start doing a even bi monthly to monthly hit on the NHL through through the postseason. Sure, no, absolutely, yeah. Again, Brian, Brian's always a great guest. Got to catch up with him at my. Uh, about a month or so ago um so that was cool and uh yeah i told him we want to have him back on the show so we'll, we'll definitely plan for that we have another show um uh, the two episode week format rolls on uh despite of the giants offense not rolling on um so post okay. later in the week we will get to um picks and honestly before we leave dennis give us a recap on the standings and then the show later in the week we will do our picks uh, for next week so while dennis just brings that up really quick again we'll get him on the show please at matt dennis pod if you guys have questions anything like that again points of interest coming up thanksgiving is coming up i'll be in the philly area um my favorite episode of the year the matt dennis fourth annual christmas episode starring uh, myself dennis uh, big dom and my brother little dom we have that to look forward to uh as well, football playoffs. We'll obviously get our buddy RT uh, Ralph Fiderola from uh, the Four Point Play podcast. I hope I said that right because we always get that one wrong. We'll get him on later on in the winter. We'll bring him. We'll bring him on the show to talk. We'll get our buddy uh, Ellis to talk about the terrible Maryland Terrapins, as Dennis called them. He said um, his name. We'll get, we'll get him on there. Yeah, but it's it's. I thought it was he should not be named during bas- our football season. Oh, I just go year round, baby. I can't stand this shit. Sick and tired of it. Maybe comes on to talk about his Maryland Terrapins. Um, so despite our, the Giants being terrible, um, I'll try to fill fill the show as much programming 
Uh, that having been said, Dennis, um, the football week is over. I don't think I had a good week. <laughs> What's it look oh, like? You did, you did not. You had yourself a week on par with uh, your boy, Dennis, here. Uh, one lonely win, Mateo, and that was uh, Washington. That was your your only win. Uh, I, for the first time this season, led all pick pickers uh, five and one. Again, I went back and forth with Miami, Kansas City. I really wanted to take the Chiefs, but I'm like, Miami, I think Miami's going to do it. Side note, we should talk about this because after this week, they've made the list that the Vikings made last year. Absolute frauds. Complete frauds, Miami is this. They have six wins of the teams that they have those wins against. They don't have winning records. The teams that they have played with a winning record, they've lost to all of them. So I don't, I don't know what to make of it. Now, I, they were kind of in it. It was only a 21-14 game. But the Chiefs also didn't get to Deutschland until like Thursday night. So they didn't even get to have a Frankfurter while they were there. They had to get right into prep and get ready for the game. Miami was out there enjoying life, living it up. Got another Germany game this week, too. It's Indy and uh, New England. I won't be turning on the TV at 9.30 a.m. for that one. But no changes atop the leaderboard. Mr. Mike Osa, 35-22-2. Greg Costelli, the great Greg Costelli jumps. He shall not be named. He is 34-24-2. That other person, 33-23-2. Mr. Nick Burns, number one fan of the podcast, 33-24-2. Kyle Barron, Giants insider, cutie pie. 31, 26, and 2. Mateo, your terrible week has knocked you back. You're everyone else is in the same spot, but your boy is inching closer because you're 29, 28, and 2. I am now 28, 28, and 2. The Italian Stallion, unfortunately, 19, 36, and 2. It's been a bad, bad stretch for our boy. What's great, too, is he texted me a set of picks last week. Then he texted me going, JK, we're flipping them. And he gave me the complete opposite thinking that going the opposite would help him it really wouldn't have mattered he ended up going uh two two and four on the week uh he did get his lock though so three total points for him so that's good but other than that that's how it goes so yeah we're still uh somewhat bringing in the rear salvo yet to crack 20 total wins sorry Brutal, Savo. But also, hey, can't be more brutal than me. I thought I had it this week against uh, against Joe Sorty. I don't know if he listens to the pod, but I uh, continue my sprint towards the calendar. I am looking forward to it. Um, all hope is not lost, but it is mostly lost. Um, so I'm going to make sure I get to the local apartment gym. I'm assuming shirtless pictures. Uh, will be taken, so I got to make sure I'm in tip-top shape as uh, the season that never was for me, just never, never really took off. Honestly, it's probably it's probably less entertaining for the calendar if you are in good shape. I feel like you don't want to be in good shape. So if I can take away any satisfaction whatsoever, it'll be hopefully that I'm in decent shape for shirtless pictures. So it's my thought process. I have probably over a year. No, I have. Less than a year, ten months maybe, to to be prepared for the count. And I mean, jokes on the rest of the league. Assuming that's what happens, I'm gonna have a Christmas gift for my wife, and I won't have to pay a penny for it. Well, actually, yeah, I'll probably have to pay a little bit, pay for the league dues, but I'll cross I mean, that you, off the. You, you were there and saw what we did to Joe Sorty. I don't know if she's gonna want this calendar. Oh, she'll want this calendar. You you put me in a tractor. She'll want that. She'll want that pick. But again, 
I got like a nice six pack abs. That might just favor if you put me in no tracker. So we'll see. I mean, all hope is I'm only two games out of not doing the calendar. So, and I almost won. I should have won this week, but Jalen Waddle got hurt. Played Michael Thomas got me not a tenth of a point. Yeah. So already with with Hall going into Monday night, me without anyone only beat me by like ninety eight points. So. Imagine that George Pickens zero points on Thursday night, only for you to throw up a goose egg as well on Sunday. Unfortunate. Yep. So I, I should have won that. Um, there there hey, were other who, games. Who do you think you're talking to? I lost by three points, and it's because my guys are bums. Nobody wants yeah. to play. No, and it's, and it's my my total was not bad, all things considered, as far as the league goes. I've had a few weeks where my point total has been up there. Upcoming weeks, not one of them, but. Uh, we'll see. I think I played uh, Mike Osa this week. That's team uh, booty. Yeah, it's, I'm projected to win right now. Not by much, but <laughs> I'm projected to win. So we will we will see how yeah, that guys goes. Guys on either still in the starting roster. It takes into account that. The second highest amount of money left for the waiver wire, but I was like, I, I looked at it deeply this morning, and I was like, I don't feel confident dropping anyone I have and taking anyone off of there. I just don't. Um. Sure. Juju Smith Schuster, but I looked at it, I was like, I did. Juju? Anywho, again, we're on Twitter, Matt Dennis Pod. Another episode later in the week, Dennis will host that. We'll do our picks for this following week. We'll discuss some more college football, college basketball, and we will uh, go in depth on what is sure to be an absolute bloodbath of epic proportions uh, between our beloved New York football giants and the Dallas Cowboys. So. I can't wait to see what the spread for that one is. What a great opportunity to really redeem themselves after uh, a heartbreaking loss to the Philadelphia Eagles where they had first down and six and could not get any points. Well, just couldn't get into the end zone because of a false start, an incomplete pass, a sack, a delay game. I loved it. I was so – that drive started on like the 15-yard line. I had real dollar bills on that game, plus I had them in our picks and locked Philly. So many of you are on Dallas. Silly gooses. Uh, it almost, it should have happened. It should have happened. But Dak Prescott got in the way. All right. Well, Dennis, anything else to add? I do actually I have one uh, parting thought. All of you out there that are bothering me, and it's really just been two or three people, <laughs> one of them now, he who shall not be named. I do not control when the podcast is posted. I hit post. It then gets sent to the platforms, Spotify, iTunes, what have you, okay? I have no control of what happens in the ether that is the internet when this thing gets posted. When it's there and available, it's there. If you would like to go on Spotify, where apparently none of our listeners on Spotify have issues, join us in the now, in the future, do that. For the rest of you on iTunes, while you're there, like the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, Leave a comment, leave a review. Apparently all that helps with the algorithm and can dish out the pod to new listeners. So if you're going to complain and stay on the Apple podcast platform, just like the pod and share it. That's all I ask. When like I think it was like a year ago and you were like, listen to us on iTunes. And I, I didn't want to say anything. So I was, that, that's still a thing. <laughs> People are still on that. Yeah, Apple Music is terrible. What's, uh, what's great too is I subscribe to a certain podcast and I get the RSS feed. And Spotify apparently is like a pain in the ass to get an individual feed for a lot of like people that are on Patreon, which is a service that like, you can pay or subscribe to their crap or whatever. 
So I have just used iTunes. So with me going into that, just to listen to this specific podcast, I get the notification now when the Matt and Dennis podcast posts, because obviously I follow the podcast. So I get text messages that, where's the pod? I wanted to listen to it on my drive home. And I'm like, I have no control. And five minutes later, I get the notification that it's on Apple. So calm down. Hey, I to, take to a one step ex- back. To one extent, I'm like, yes, calm down and get Spotify. Beer in the here and now. If you if you're gonna tell me Apple has a better interface than Spotify, I just won't. Oh no, you. it's it's dog doo doo. But also number two, that is very makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside that people are blowing up your phone. <laughs> Number one fan, Nick Burns, sent me a snapchat of him cutting wood, saying how sad he was that he had to cut wood without a new episode. And I I, I DM'd him, and I said, Nick, I take full ownership of that. I was extremely tired. And after I told Dennis I wasn't going to do the show, I proceeded to sleep for 12 straight hours. So it was necessary. That was my first night catching up since the wedding. So there was like two weeks where I did not like get a fully that I was just in a state of perpetual exhaustion. So I needed to cancel the show for my own. It's like when, when famous singers cancel because like the doctor told them that they got to give like vocal rest. That was, that was me telling myself. You could have just had Lauren guzzle honey down your gullet. Yeah, no, I would have, I would have needed like Adderall or something. I was just, I, I got home from work. It's not hard to find. No, it's not. I got home from work like just before seven and I like just sat down in bed for a second just to recap the day. And I was like, yeah, nope, nope. It's not happening. It's bedtime. Been there. Proud of you. All right. 12 hours. It's no small feat. It was, I I woke up here and there in the middle of the night, but it was generally 12 hours. All right. For Dennis. Yeah, I'm Matt Scarano, Matt Dennis Pod. That's the Twitter account. Find us on there. This episode, past episodes. Um, Dennis will host the show later in the week. We'll get to picks. We'll do all that good stuff. As always, go Big Blue. I I, I love those guys, even though we are absolutely atrocious. I, I will never stop, never stop rooting for them. I'm going to downtown Orlando right now to root for Orlando City. The only thing that brings me joy in my sports world, my sad, sad sports world. All right. That's all I got. I'm out of here. Dennis. Adios.